Bless you tonight. It's good to have you here. I'm so grateful that uh, my good friend Carl Tillery uh, filled in for us last week. And I don't, did he introduce him? Did he tell you who he was? Okay, good. Because I, you know, I, I thought about later because somebody had said they weren't sure, you know, who he was. <laughs> say, well, he, he considers this his church home, even though he doesn't get a chance to come here very often. Um, he, is, he is now over all of the discipleship at the four different churches at the Post and Leavenworth. And uh, it keeps him really busy. It's a really a busy, busy job. But I love that he, we, we can lean on him when we need to and we can see him when he is here. I'm glad he he's considers his home. And he's, he's a good friend. He's a good brother in Christ, a good man. So I'm glad, I'm glad he could do that. We had a great time in California. It was fun. Uh, it was short. But, you know, sometimes that's good because, uh, you know, we, people say, well, did you see a lot of people? And like, well, I didn't actually tell anybody we were there except for our family direct family because we wouldn't have had time it just you know when you i mean i grew up there then was five years in my home church 10 years at a church in la there's just no way you can see everybody you want to see and so we just we didn't so i'm sure i made some enemies but oh well got to see my family anyway and then then we had some fun it was fun i was i was um i'll get to this in a minute but uh how many can tell me what what this guy is saying right here what's he saying can you hear me? <laughs> How many of you have had your phone? You've been trying to talk to somebody, and, they, and the, drop, the call drops, and what do you say? You say this, and sometimes I've tried to not say this because it got to be so common. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, I, I, don't, I try to figure out other ways to say this without saying that. Can you hear me now? I would just say, are you there? Are you there? And the whole time I'm thinking about this guy and thinking I don't want to say what he says. It's silly, isn't it? And he does work for Sprint now. That's a Verizon commercial I showed, but he does work for Sprint now, I heard. And the last three weeks, <clears throat> my phone started doing these weird things. At first, it would, it, there was an update. You know how they send you an update, and you say, yes, do the update. And Sometimes it's quick, whatever. But they, my particular phone, with the, part of the update, it would, it would kind of slowly come on. Like the light would slowly come on. I guess somebody thought that was cool. You know, you don't want it to come on immediately. It would kind of fade in. And so mine started to not fade in exactly. It would just it would kind of fade and sh- and flicker, and then not come on. And uh, it was on because if I if somebody called, I could I could I knew where the answer the call thing was. I could actually answer the call and talk to somebody, but there was no screen. But then sometimes it would come on. So I called you know T-Mobile and they've been good to us. I mean their coverage is horrible, but they've been good to us. We've had them forever and and. Um, you know, they said, well, if that's, you know, this, it, it might be something, it might be this or whatever. So I was kind of putting up with it, trying to figure out what it was, didn't know for sure. And then, um, and then what would happen is my battery wasn't staying charged. It would started draining quick, you know, and here we're getting ready to go on vacation. I don't have time for all this. And one of my former students works at the T-Mobile there in Blue Springs. And so I called him up. I said, well, can you just look, just tell me, I just need to know what I need to do. So I went in, I talked to him and he said, well, problem is, with technology, some phones, see, Theo has the exact same phone, and his was fine. And so he said, some phones, for some reason, are reacting weird to the update. And he said, so what T-Mobile is doing is they'll just replace your phone. Problem is, it won't be until next week. I said, okay, not, not a big deal, you know. So uh, on our trip, I didn't want to be on the phone all the time anyway, but, you know, using it sparingly, going in and out, and then... Um, really the last few days it just wasn't working you know at all and so 
you know, there were some texts I missed, some, you know, normally I would stay more in touch with email, but it wasn't, you know, maybe more on the news, but it wasn't, you know, most of the news I saw was on the TV in the lobby at the hotel for a few minutes. I mean, it was nothing. Isn't it funny how we come to depend on that though? And there are people who I did miss connections with. And then when I was trying to tell them my phone wasn't working, they were kind of like, yeah, yeah, I use that one too. I'm like, well, it was really true this time. But it was frustrating because I, it, it's funny how often I heard a guy saying the other day, he goes, yeah, I have this most amazing flashlight and it's so bright and, and it's always with me. And, and you know what? I can make calls on it too. How many use your phone for a flashlight? Seriously, I, I, that's it. I, I really do all the time. I mean, I think about when phones first came out, these portable phones. You guys remember how it was? You know, only kind of drug dealers and bankers or whoever, you know, really rich people had them. And they were in, in the car and attached to the car, and that was cool. Then you see guys walking around with a bag phone. I mean, I, I didn't see very many, but, you know, you'd see it enough to know what it was. And then the first phones you could actually walk around with were pretty big. And sometimes it would be something maybe the company would provide or whatever. And I remember as a church, the church that I was working for in the L.A. area, we, th- we decided it was probably a smart idea to have one that we all the pastors shared. Can you imagine that today? Can you even imagine that? It was so weird. And then remember how it was with phones the first two? It was, you were so protective over your minutes because you paid per minute and it was expensive and you would tell somebody, don't, don't use all my minutes. Remember that? And then I think about all the things we use our phone for today. In fact, this happened to me yesterday when my phone wasn't working. I needed a calculator. I mean, I, I legitimately needed it. I thought, well, I could do this all on paper. And I thought, I could, but I really do need it. It's more than just a few, you know, sums. It's a big deal. And it needs to be right. So then I had to look around, and I found, Deborah. I found one of our 10 keys, <laughs> you know, like a big computer or calculator. I thought, this is ridiculous. This is how much I depend on this, and I don't even think about it, but it's right there. And we use it for other things that, that are, you know, things you would have never guessed a few years ago you would need or depend on. I mean, use it, how many use your phone for your GPS? How many never used, needed a GPS until, right? I mean, you just, I mean who needed that? But now you depend on it. You use it all the time. I mean, I use it as a translator. I've, I've talked to you about this, about using it just to fre- you know, freshen up, brush up on my Spanish for this Nicaragua trip we're going on. I mean, I use it for, I don't know if, you, how many use the speak to te- text function? I use it all the time. Because I'm going somewhere and I'm not going to text and drive. I will you know, hold down the, my phone. I just hold down the space button and then talk into it. How many of you have sent a text that you were really embarrassed about? because <laughs> it didn't quite translate it exactly what you had in mind. Now I try really hard to make sure I watch it. But like I said, email, I mean, and even document retrieval. Just tonight, someone in the lobby said, you know, how much do I owe for Nicaragua? And I could pull up that document, which is an Excel file, on my phone. Didn't even think about it. I mean, I just, as he's talking, I'm pulling it up and doing it. And then because I knew what I was talking about tonight, I thought, it's amazing. The technology is incredible, and we just depend on it all the time. There's things I use multiple times on a daily basis. I don't know how many. Does anybody here use Evernote? And, and there's probably other tools like this that are similar, but <clears throat> I've just I just use it constantly. In there, I have notes that I, either it's I have a to do list that I keep all the time. So if it's something I need to pick up at Walmart or somebody I need to talk to or whatever, that note is constantly being updated. I have other notes. For instance, if I'm, I don't want to take the time and there's an interesting website that I want to read that article, 
I will save it there. But here's what I love about it. I'm doing that on my phone, but it's automatically now updated and saved on my computer. So I can transmit or tr uh, translate that right over automatically or look at it up there. I mean, it's, I use it multiple times a day. My Bible app, we talk about that all the time here. I always put the notes on that Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app for the services. It, but it's something that I use all the time. So it's comical to me when my phone wasn't working or my battery's draining quick and I'm thinking, this is sad, isn't it? Thinking, I'm going to read my Bible today. I mean, I, that thought did cross my mind. I mean, literally, I thought, when I read my Bible today, I only have like, you know, I have a different one, different versions in my office. You know what I mean? Seriously? And then I thought, well, here's what I thought. This is how bad it is today. I thought, not today, but the situation with phones. I thought, well, I can always open it on my computer. <laughs> that, was my, that was my solution. Not to go to an actual paper Bible, but go, to go to the computer. You know, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time on games. And then, of course, Facebook, keeping up with people, and Twitter, and... How many use your phone for your watch? I didn't think I'd be one of those because I've always had a watch. Ever since I was old enough, I had a watch and I don't anymore because it's my phone. And now there was, <laughs> it was comical to me, probably to nobody else, and nobody else ever thought about it, but in the last few days when I needed to know what time it was and I asked somebody, and I just thought it was comical because what they did is reach in their pocket for their phone to tell me because I really didn't know and I needed to know and I didn't have a way to find out because I didn't have a watch and my phone didn't work. But they use their phone. And I just chuckled to myself because it was just funny to me. Contacts are funny, isn't it? Not, not your eyes, but who you know. So when I went into T-Mobile today and they transferred all of my information on my old phone to this phone, the guy working there, he looks at me and he goes, do you really have 5,000 contacts? <laughs> Here's the beauty of this. It's, raw, it's bad probably too, but those contacts go to my, when my digital life started my computer digital life started with a Palm Pilot. And I transferred those over to whatever device I had next. Then, in, yeah, I do. And I don't need them all. I realize that. But I have that many from, I don't know how long that is. How many years? 10, 15 years of, got to be, well, probably 15 years. You know, yeah, there's contacts of people I'll never contact again from L.A. or wherever. Or I probably have contacts to, you know, Disneyland and stupid stuff. But, yeah, I do. 5,000, and he just said, okay, and transferred them all. It's weird, isn't it? I do remember this, too. I remember the first time somebody talked about getting a phone for their, their kid, and I, I remember, because we were at breakfast, this person was a board member in the church I was working at, and we did a, a, it was a men's breakfast, like what we do now Thursdays at 5.30 at, at Corner Cafe, but it just tended to be a lot of the board members who went to that, and he said he was getting his daughter's cell phones, and you know, I don't know, I, I'm, I, didn't, I didn't join in the conversation, but I thought, I will never need that. That's silly. <laughs> There's no way they need that. You know, these are, I, I couldn't afford it, and I thought, it's just a waste. There's no way anybody needs that. And it was, it was probably, oh, I don't know, maybe the second month they had them that, you know, she, I remember one of the girls showed up at church for something. She was in college, and some guy had followed her all the way to her car. She was freaking out. There was no security in sight. She got in her car, and she's crying and trying to drive out of the parking lot, calling her dad. And he's like, why are you calling me? Call security, <laughs> you know. She goes, oh, I didn't think of that. So she called security. You know, they were right there, you know, took the guy, and, and he was just a creeper. I mean, it wasn't like a, it, it didn't turn into a criminal thing. And then when I heard that story, I thought, oh, my goodness. I don't need one, but, man, when I have a daughter, she's going to have a phone. So, anyway, it's weird how that works, doesn't it? 
So the can you hear me guy, that's what was ringing in my mind. Can you hear me now? Because how often do we really hear? Have you thought about that? I mean, not the phone. The phone is just a segue to this. Can you hear me now? How many of you have had this experience where you've talked to somebody and you can tell they're not listening? All the women raise their hands. I know, I know. Okay. Okay, yeah, with kids, you can see it. And and just people. I mean, there's even been times, maybe it's a waiter, maybe it's somebody, some other service person, where you're talking and it's important for them to get the detail, but you can tell they don't care and they're not listening. They're not. But how many times have you done it? Seriously. I've done it. I've done it this week. And I've done it this week and felt bad about it, and I'm desperately trying to remember what did they say. And I'm trying to even visualize their lips moving, thinking I could read their lips in my memory to try to figure out what it was. And I I was coming across, just in reading my Bible on the computer, and came across um, some laws of communication that are embedded in the book of James right here in this one verse, James 1.19. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. You know what that means? Do you know what it means? Because if you read it in the, in the message version, it actually says, <laughs> it actually says, pay close attention. Take note of this. Can you hear me now? Everyone, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There, this verse speaks to me on so many levels. But... Pay attention, dear brothers. Take note. Listen up. Can you hear me now? So let's jump into this and get get there quick. Be quick to listen. Quick to listen. There are times when I want to hear what somebody's saying and other times where I'm just so distracted. It can be the things going on in the day, and I'm sorry, I'll just be honest with you, it's just me, but it can be (laughs) the way they're talking. It can just be their, their manner. And I get interested in that and like i wonder where they're from that they talk like that where did that phrase come why do they say it that way and i'm thinking i have no idea what they're saying now and i'm just like i'm a moron so then i try to key in you know how you do when you're trying to get something out of the context and then sometimes it's just embarrassing i did it today and i say okay part stop for a second what start over what did you say again because and then they're looking at me like i wasted my breath on you <laughs> but then they do they tell you There's times, though, when there's so much noise, maybe the TV's on, and maybe it's interesting, and maybe it's something you were really interested in, and before the days of DVR, and you can hit pause, and you're like, I can't listen right now, or the radio, or the iPod, or just something else going on. Jesus said it like this. He said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. He told people this a lot. There were a lot of times where he used this phrase as a, as a method of getting his audience to sit up and listen. Have you noticed speakers do that? Maybe your teacher said something like that. Remember, they have little tools they, they use. Sometimes they'll be kind of corny. They'll be something like, they'll say, um, what's, what you tell me, what are some of the ones teachers use? Yeah, there's going to be a test. Yeah, so then, yeah, people perk up, right? What are some other ones? Oh, there, yeah, there's some little thing. I've seen kids, they'll say one, or the teacher will say one, and then the kids will say two, three, or I know our kids, when they went to uh, school up in, in Liberty, the, the mascot was a roadrunner, so the teacher would say, um, beep, beep, and then they would all, you know, listen. There's a lot of those little tools. And you've seen pe- speakers do it. They'll say, amen, and they want you to respond. It's like, hey, pay attention now. 
or I'm going to say something interesting, or they'll, I mean, there's a lot of those things that we do because we constantly need to be pulled back into the conversation. Jesus did it like that. For this to work, though, you need to be an active listener, someone who chooses to be involved, because the fact is we all have the ability to tune someone out. No matter who you are, you can tune them out. You can do it, and I think, sadly, some of us, not you, maybe just me, but have a tendency to do it more than others. Have you noticed that some people who you talk to on a regular basis, you do that to? People you love a lot, and you don't mean to, but you do. Then you feel bad, and you don't want to let them know because then they'll be upset and say, you never listen, and whatever. But How does active listening work? You know what it, you know what it involves? When I'm saying active listening, I'm talking about being fully engaged in that moment with what that person is saying that person it can be hard it can be hard but for you to do it right you need to pay attention not only to what they're saying but the way they're saying it the nonverbals. have you noticed somebody who you can be talking to them and they're standing there like this that says something doesn't it and it may not match with what there's coming out of their mouth but you know they're saying two things you're getting two messages now and you need to really actively find out what they're saying because when you care enough you're going to do that when you care enough you're going to find out what it is and what it also involves is that you, when, when you notice people talking in different cultures, do it differently, but since we're American, we can talk about that. As you're talking to somebody and actively listening, there are certain things you're expected to do. You're expected to do, uh-huh, right, as you're talking. And you're expected to respond at certain points. And if you notice, people as they're talking, they'll actually pause, and it's, it's subconscious, but they'll pause and you're supposed to say, wow, or you're supposed to say, really, or whatever is appropriate for you, but you're supposed to interject something in there and that lets them know they're actively listening and I can keep going. And what do you do if you're not going to listen anymore? What do you do if they've talked too long? This happened last night to me. <laughs> at, we were at Prime Timers and there's a sweet man and he just, he just wanted to tell me a bunch of stuff and I didn't have the, I just didn't have the, <laughs> I wasn't going to be mean enough to blow him away, blow him off. And so at one point, Janine came up and said, Pastor Dennis, I need to talk to you over here. She just, she pulled me away because he wasn't getting my nonverbals. You see what I'm saying? Because when he, when there was that pause and I was supposed to say, "Uh uh-huh, I was saying, oh, okay. And, and I was trying to move him along and he was not getting it. You know what I'm talking about? the nonverbals. But if you're going to actively listening, you need to seek clarification and you need to ask them, you need to say, if, if you miss something, you need to say, well, what did you mean when you said this? And when you said this, did you mean this? And that shows you're actively involved in the conversation and it's more than just one way. You're part of it. And you ask questions. There's some of you in here, I, I can't get enough of talking to you. I know um, Lois she's got the most incredible stories from her childhood and past and and when she's telling something she can start on a story and i find i've got 10 questions that's going to keep us going for an hour because she's got answers and i want to know and i'm going to ask her well when they did this and you said this a minute ago what did that mean because she's spent some time in arkansas so she's got some idioms that are not common up here up in the north and so um yeah i need to find that out you know, something I found, I remember talking with a guy one time, and he was really angry, not so much with me, but, but I was representing what he was angry with, and, 
he, he kept saying, you don't understand. And he was using that finger, you know. And, and, and part of me was wanting to say, yes, I do. I totally do. I get it. But, but something somebody showed me a long time ago that I find that really helps conversation, I said, you're right. I, I, I don't understand. Help me understand. Tell me what I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. He was so disarmed. And then he wanted to tell me. And I really didn't understand exactly where he was coming from. I mean, for, for the most part, but, but I needed to hear what he had to say. Something else I've found that is a great tool for really understanding is, is repeating back to somebody what they say. And I, I find myself doing this um, unintentionally, and I, note, and I laugh at myself while the whole conversation's going on because someone will say something, and I say, oh, so you're saying this, and they'll say, yes, yes. It's funny, everybody will do it. You can do it with a waiter or a waitress. Have you ever had a waiter or waitress that kind of tells you a little more information about themselves than you really intended? Like, like maybe they'll walk up and you'll say, it could be something as simple as, wow, that's a cool tattoo. And then they'll just tell you all about it. And like, oh, are you saying this? And then they jump right in. But you could take that to another level. If you really want to listen, can you hear me now? If you're really serious about that, take it to another level and paraphrase back what they said. So when they say, Man, I am sick and tired of this job. You could say, oh, are you really sick and tired of this? And they'll say, yes. And then, whatever. that's good. But you take it to another level and you say, oh, I bet you're just really, really fed up. So what you've done, it, you've actually taken it to another level because you've taken what they said, you've processed it through, you've paraphrased it, said it a different way. That actually is a whole other part of your brain. But it communicates something to them that not only did you hear me, you understood me. And then they'll really go off. That's, I'm just saying, that's just something, you know, if you really want to talk to somebody and do that. Let me, let me say that the bottom of this, the bottom is that you care. And you want to know what they're really saying. So you've got to watch all of those things. Now, all of that is with people, and that's important. And I think that's mainly what James was talking about. But I want to, I want to add another layer to this tonight that that we, we talk about occasionally, but I really want you to think about everything we've talked about so far, and I want you to now put it in terms of God. In terms of God. Can you hear me now? Do you wonder how often he says that to us? I mean, Jesus said it in the way he said. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear. Pay attention. Do you wonder how often he does that to us? Do you wonder how many times he's trying to get our attention and he's communicating something and we are just not listening? We're distracted by whatever else is going on. It might be this, you're reading his word and you're distracted because maybe it's an aversion that you're not familiar with. I was reading King James uh, yesterday because when my computer came on with my Bible reading, it automatically went to King James. And, And I read through like four verses before I thought, I kept thinking, why is this so different? Different, <laughs> so dense sometimes. You know what? I wasn't listening. I was just reading, and then I I, I looked around like, why? Why is? Why am I having a hard time with this? And it was King James. I grew up on King James. I, most of the quotations I know are in King James. I when I when I think of a verse, a lot of times that's what comes out of me. But as I was reading it, I wasn't hearing it, and I just laughed at myself. And I thought, God is probably saying, "Can you hear me at all?" Can you just even hear me? And I reread those verses in the King James, and they're beautiful, and it spoke to me. 
It was as if I stopped for a minute and I wasn't distracted by the outside appearance and I just listened for a minute to what he was trying to say. And there's times, I know we've talked about it in here many times, where you're reading a familiar verse and it speaks to you in a way that is different And I think that's beautiful. But here's what I want to get at tonight. If you're really trying to communicate and if you're trying to fulfill what James is saying and you're trying to listen to him, then that means you intentionally go to his word and you are an active listener. Not passive, active. Now you may say, well, Pastor Dennis, reading the Bible alone is active. Yes, it is. But let me just add a couple things to it that will make it more active and things that would apply to even what what I was talking about a minute ago with people. You, you, you know you read people, and you talk to different people differently. Did you know studies show that men, when they talk to other men, they drop their voice? Not an octave. I mean, you've heard kids kind of play around and try to talk like a man. I'm not talking like that. <clears throat> but if you hear somebody speaking to a, a man, speaking to a woman, and then speaking to a man, they will literally drop their voice. Unintentionally, it's just what we do. We're always trying to, you know, be manly to the men, and then <clears throat> that's just what we do. But the thing is, you know you talk to different people different. Someone who you know really well, maybe you will talk in more of a slang. Someone who you don't know more, don't know well, you will talk differently, maybe more formal. Maybe if, it's, if you're going into the bank and you're trying to get a load, you're going to talk different than you would to your best friend. No question. When you talk to a child, you talk differently. Hopefully, you get down on their level. Hopefully, you raise your voice a little bit. Hopefully, you just, you're a little more sing-song in the way you talk. And we do that because it draws them into conversation. Now, if you took that same intent and you took that and applied that to when you go to the Lord and you go to Bible reading, you would do it differently. Here's, what, here's just some things you might do. Before you even open the book, you would say, God, I want to hear from you today. In a way I haven't heard before. I want you to speak through your word. I want you to make it alive and breathing right now to me. You might intentionally go and read a specific passage. And we've talked about how you would read it over and over. Maybe meditate on what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's more than that. And you read the entire section. And you're trying to see what God is saying there. Maybe as you're going to the word, God would even drop something in your heart that you might want to explore. And I want to encourage you to do this. There are times as I'm reading and the, the Bible reading program I've been doing for a long time and I, I feel like I'm supposed to keep doing it. I read a, a lot, but I just kind of read it quickly. And then there's times as I'm reading and there will be something, maybe it'll be a footnote in the scripture or a, you know, just, just something that piques my interest. And then I'll find myself an hour later having been on a hundred rabbit trails. And I realized God was pulling me into a conversation that I had not intended. But because I wanted to be open to talking to him and hearing from him, I was willing to go down that trail. Do that. It's fun. It can be amazing what you will see and what you will learn. And, and if, you, if you have used other tools, maybe it is your phone or, or a computer or a commentary, there are such great tools to do this with where you find yourself hearing something and he's saying, can you hear me now? And it's different than you've ever heard before. Let me, let me pull one other thing that's, I know so common for Christians, most Christians that there's, you feel like there's maybe nothing more you could learn, but have you thought about praying to him and Lynn listening? It's hard for me to listen, I'll be honest. It's hard for me to listen to him. I'm just easily distracted, I am. I don't think I'm ADD. I don't think I'm that much, but 
I'm telling you, I, if I come in here and nobody's here and I'm praying and I say, God, I just want to hear from you and I'll sit here, I have to really work at it to not think about, is there a leak, leak in here? I'll think, are all the lights working? I'm kind of looking right now. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I do. I'll think about what I have to do next. I'll think about if there's a phone call, then your phone will light up, right? How can you even hear from him if you're like me? I have to work at it. I have to constantly not, not be embarrassed or mad at myself, but I just know who I am, and I have to work at it. I have to schedule time, and I have to say I'm not doing anything else. And then if something's really pressing on my mind, I, I write it down in Evernote, and I know it's there, and it'll be on my computer, and I'll take care of it. And now I can get back on task. But if you never do it, God is constantly sitting there and saying, can you hear me now? He's got things to say, and you're not listening. I'm not listening. You probably are. How do you hear his voice? I look for it. Um, Nicole and I were at the Wilkie Life Group a few weeks ago, and uh, Jeff was talking about this experience he had where he, um, he... he, he was talking about this experience where he saw these contrails, these, you know, you see those from the planes, and he saw them in a cross. And he said he saw that, and he felt like God was trying to tell him something. He's like, well, I get the cross thing. What? And he said, there's more. And he said, I couldn't figure it out. I just kind of went and thought, okay, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And he was talking about how it was months later that he, he was on a missions trip and saw it, and then God revealed something totally different to him. You know what I took from that? There are times where God is speaking to us, and it's so easy just to blow it off. But I want to encourage you to listen more. Listen more. And I'm not one that sees a message in everything. I'm not. I mean, I see coincidences, and I see things. But there are times where I feel like God is speaking and we're not listening. I just want to encourage you to listen, to listen. Here's, let's go to the next part of that verse. It's said to be slow to speak, but we are supposed to speak. You, you get that, right? We are supposed to speak. As Christians, we're supposed to speak, but we're supposed to do it carefully. When he says be slow to speak, he, he didn't mean to speak slow. What he meant was to speak carefully. To measure those words. Measure them. You know, uh, you've heard all the cliches about this. I used a bunch of them a few weeks ago on a Sunday, but God gave you two ears and one mouth. You've probably heard that before. I, I'll just share a few I didn't share the other day, but, you know, very few people, I don't know if Twain said this or somebody, or maybe it was just attributed to him because it's kind of at that level, but he said, very few people have gotten in trouble for saying too little. Have you heard that? <laughs> it's usually those who say too much. Uh, some people put their, their mouths in motion before their brains are in gear. And this one I thought was funny just because it's, it uses some clever things to help you remember it. But it says, measure your words carefully. If you think by the inch and speak by the yard, you'll soon be kicked by the foot. <laughs> it says. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once you've spoken words, you can't unspeak them. I can't tell you how many times I've been trying to mediate between kids or whatever, and they'll say, but that's not what I meant. But it is what you said. So be careful, careful, careful. Careful, careful. Uh, Proverbs says, 
he who guards his lips, mouth, and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. And Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. What's interesting about that verse is uh, honest answers aren't always um, what people want to hear. We're still supposed to speak them. But as Ephesians says, we're supposed to speak the truth in love. The motivation and the tool is love. It's always about love. Never use the truth as a weapon. It's always about love. In avoid, it, the next part of that verse says to, to be slow to anger. Slow to anger. You know, I know some people personality-wise are quick to anger. I, I know people like that. You know, they just, they get real, real angry real quick and then they cool off real quick. And then other people, it builds up and then they're slow to get, you know, for it to dissipate. I know that. That's not what this verse is talking about. If that's your personality and you need to work with that, that's fantastic. What he's talking about here is that, that there's times where we give ourselves permission to be angry, and he's saying to watch it, to be careful with that. There's times where we have unresolved issues that build up to anger, and maybe, you've, maybe that's you and you found yourself in a situation where your response is anger, and that's not typical for your personality, and you're wondering, where did this come from? Probably because you didn't speak when you're supposed to. Slow to speak will dissipate anger if you do it correctly. You need to have those meaningful conversations. Proverbs, um, oh, sorry, I just threw that in there because I, I was thinking of, uh, yes, thank you very much for that. That's exactly, how many know what this is, what he's saying, what's going on right here? This is in one of the toy stories. I don't remember which one. He's going somewhere and to save the world or whatever. And she says, here, I'm going to pack your extra shoes and your angry eyes. So just watch, watch your angry, yeah, anyway. Uh, Proverbs, I, I put these two verses together, uh, 15, 1 and 18. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And obviously a hot-tempered man, man stirs up dissension, but a patient man comes, qualms quarrels. I think the answer to all of this and what James was trying to tell us is to communicate frequently, to do it as often as we can. Let me remind you what the verse said. It said, dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to become angry. But for that to work, we have to communicate. I read a statistic a few years ago, and then I looked it up again, and sadly, it hasn't changed. And what, what they were doing was, was surveying kids and asking them, how much meaningful conversation do you have? This is specifically with their father. And it's, I, I'm sad to say that that statistic has remained consistent for years. It says it's what, less than one minute I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, that's impossible, impossible. But here's why. It's because they defined meaningful conversation as something meaningful to the child. Think about that. How much time do we do that? How much time does the father have meaningful conversation that's meaningful to the child? Probably is less than a minute. I mean, that's not very long. But if you think about some of the conversation that happens, and I'm not saying it's easy. Especially as, you know, children get into the teenage years, they don't, you ask them, how was your day? Fine. What happened? Nothing. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> then you've got some kids who you can't, you know, get to stop, but, but typically that's it. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? One of the most difficult challenges I think facing all families is finding time to spend together in conversation or communication. It's difficult. You know, especially if your family's away or... Maybe you don't see him every day. I mean, I'm not a big phone talker. I have to remind myself to, to call family because I'm just not one to do that. I need to do that. 
It's important, so I make it happen. So make it happen. Make time to communicate. Talk in the car. Turn the TV off. Eat dinner together. Schedule family meetings. We, we, we haven't done this a lot in our family, but it's comical when we do because they're all sitting there like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> we haven't done it very often, and maybe we should more because it, it does communicate. We're going to talk. It's important to talk. What we have to do together is important. Find creative ways to make that happen. Maybe it's you know, time before bed. I found a lot of times kids are ready. They, they'll talk a little bit you know, before, before they go to bed. I, I really do believe, though, it's, it's you making a, a, a plan to do it, to make it, make it happen. Let me direct us up here for one minute. Eric, if you could put some music on. I want us to just shut our eyes for a second, and I'm gonna ask you that question again. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That question tonight for you might be coming from a family member. Maybe it's your husband or wife or child or somebody else. Maybe it's a friend. Can you hear me now? Someone needs to be heard. I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is for you. And maybe it's you. <clears throat> maybe you're the one sitting there and feeling not heard. And you need to be heard. Maybe the one saying that to you tonight, can you hear me now, is God himself. And as we touched on briefly, time in his word, time in prayer needs to be different for you and him. And it needs to be something that you intentionally go to and listen not sure how that affects you because we're all so different in different places in life. But whatever it is, here's what I want us to do. I'm going to close this in prayer. And if you need to spend some time listening in here tonight, you are welcome to do it as long as you want. If you need to sit here for a minute and make a plan to, to create those moments where, where the listening happens in your family that dissipates anger or whatever is needful, do that. Don't let this moment pass you by. Father, I'm grateful to you tonight that you do listen. You're a God who wants to communicate. You're not just a God who, who speaks and gives commands and walks away, but you listen. You are here and you want to have a communication with us, a, a two-way communication. God, I know you're always speaking through, through your word and through circumstances and people and prayer, and I pray, God, right now that you'd speak to us, that you'd speak to us. Father, I pray for our relationships, that you would make them the ones that have that good, clear communication between us. And if there's loving things that need to be said that are painful to hear, that, God, you would help us to do it. Give us the right words in the moment and let the person's heart be open and give us the, give us the words to say, I pray, in the name of Jesus tonight. God, I pray that as a blessing over each of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.